My name is Victor. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I can't make up my mind which side the table to stand on. I'll use this one. Um, I came into program about 34 years ago. I had about 330, 360 pounds. Uh, it took me two years to get hip slick and cool. Got a little resentment against the sponsor. After I left, I figured out I had a whole lot of resentments against a whole lot of things. Uh, I left at 189 pounds. Fourteen years later, I came back at 450 pounds, and that was 17 years ago. And I've been here ever since. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> what it was like. Uh, I was raised by my grandmother. My grand... Oh, it's a reflection on the side. I'm sorry. Uh, I was raised by my grandmother. My mother and father divorced in 55. Uh, when you walked into my grandmother's house, the first thing that was offered was food. And I found out that food was love. And I definitely wanted the love. And the food was easy to get. Uh, my grandmother was a cook. She was not a chef. She was just a cook. Worked as a cook professionally. And there was always food. Always. Um, my bedroom had a uh, chest of drawers in it that was about uh, four foot, about four foot high, uh, close to four foot wide, and about two foot deep. And on top of that chest of drawers, by the way, my bedroom was right off the kitchen. There was no doors. There was just curtains. And the top of that chest of drawers is where all the cakes and pies and anything that was not perishable, that was sweet, was put. I did not have to steal it. It was there. I was the firstborn male child in my family. I was not spoiled, but that damn sure smelled funny. Uh, <laughs> that okay, Tony? That's my sponsor back there. I was told I'm not supposed to tell any bad jokes. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I'll probably hear about this anyway. Uh, yeah, I, um, if I wanted it, all I had to do was take it. Did I steal food? Yeah. I stole it anyway. All I had to do was take it, and I would still steal it. Uh, when I was, oh, no, about 10, I guess. Well, when I was five, I was raped by a next-door neighbor. Uh, to this day, my family does not know it. They think I'm just crazy. Uh, when I was 10, I remember standing in the front yard in Panama City, Florida. Uh, humidity is about 105. The temperature was about 105. And I'm spraying a hose up in the air, standing on a stump wearing a pair of Levi's, just letting it rain down because it's just hotter than hell. And my foot slipped off the side of this stump. It's probably four inches high, ten inches in diameter. And it scraped the inside of my foot. It didn't hurt me. It just scared me. And the first words out of my mouth was, God damn it. The second thing I did was I squatted down over the stump in the fetal position because I knew it was going to die. Because I had just taken God's name in vain for the first time in my life. And I just sat there and shook. Because I knew I was going to die. I do not know where I got the script that you would die, from, that God was out to kill you. But I was pretty sure of it, and I knew I was way behind on points. Uh, yeah, if um, I was raised in a Pentecostal in Florida. 
Uh, I heard a mm, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I do not practice that today. Uh, yes, oh, God. Uh, no, I do not practice that. Uh, I have nothing against religion. Um, I do not have a religion. This is my church. That's why you will see me wear coats and ties. This is why I do this, because this is my church. Um, I'm having a lot of trouble right now fighting back tears. Uh, There's been a lot going on this week. Uh, Tuesday, I turned 66. Monday, my mentor in college died. Uh, Wednesday, uh, I lived with Joyce Berg and her husband. Had for 17 years. Wednesday, he died. Uh, oh. Did not know I was going to cry. Uh, yeah. When I came into this program, you couldn't have paid me to cry. Uh, I didn't cry. Uh, I remember getting a telegram when I was about 25. And I just left work. I walked up, and the telegram was stuck in the door. And I saw it, and I knew there was a problem because my family does not correspond with me. Uh, I think they're dysfunctional. I have a feeling they're not near as dysfunctional when I'm not around. Uh, anyway, I grabbed the uh, telegram, didn't open it, threw it on the coffee table, got some water, sat down and took a drink of water and opened the telegram. And it said, your grandfather's funeral will be this Saturday, Sullivan Funeral Home, Panama City, Florida, 10.30 a.m. I didn't even know he was sick. He'd been sick for months. And... Nobody bothered to call. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, a few months later, my uh, I got a I was out camping, came home, and my roommate, who happened to be my mentor at the time uh, from college, uh, said, "There's a phone call. You need to call your family." And I, I immediately said, who died? And he said, your grandmother. I said, okay. So I call. And somebody answered the phone, and there was a whole lot of laughter. And I thought, well, they're doing okay. And um, there was a whole lot of booze going on, too. And I, to this day, I cannot figure out why she didn't come out of the ground and get them. Because you did not have booze in her house. She barely tolerated smoking. Uh, And the only reason she did that was because I was smoking and I was sneaking it. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is is Victor. Wow. Uh, if uh, If you're having some problems getting willing... Somebody gave me the secret in this room a few, uh, about a year ago. Willingness is always preceded by honesty. you got to get honest. I see a lot of heads shaking. Yeah, just get honest. I had a sponsor that asked me what was willingness. And I said, oh, I can explain willingness to you. And I said, willingness is... Willingness is... 
said, I'm going to get back to you on this. <laughs> and I spent three weeks asking everybody I knew what the hell willingness was. What was it? And I got volumes of material, just I didn't stuff I didn't even understand. And I walked into these rooms at the end of the three weeks, sat down, and a lady was speaking up here, and she just nonchalantly said, "Willingness is always preceded by honesty." And I thought, "Holy shit!" Oh, I swore. What can I do? Uh, yeah. And I turned around and looked at my sponsee, and she, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I don't know why portions are in my head. If you've got a problem with your portions, portions are simple. Put it on the plate, look at it, and ask yourself, what would you serve this to your sponsor? <laughs> I don't think I need to say anything else. Uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you would, you're fine. If you wouldn't, you might want to rethink it. Uh, yeah, God, I wish I knew where I was going from here, but I don't get to because I used to keep notes. And through the through the uh, urging of my sponsor, and because he took them away from me, uh, I don't use them. What I do today is I pray, and I ask God before I start. I see uh, your words, my lips, and you're on. And we go from there. And uh, I don't know. Let's see. That's what it was like. What happened? I came into program. Through a, uh, I was seeing a counselor. And I saw her one week. And the next week I saw her. And she said, I would like to make a contract with you. I would like for you to go to Overeaters Anonymous. She was very pretty. Very pretty, very well built, and I would do any damn thing she wanted me to do. <laughs> so, uh, because I was insulated from the whole world, and if a woman got close to me, I, she had my undivided attention. <laughs> and I uh, looked up Overeaters Anonymous. I called Overeaters Anonymous. They gave me an address on the from a recording. And I went to the place that Wednesday, and there was no such address. There was no building. Well, there was an address. There was a block. There was no building on the damn thing. And I thought, well, what the hell is this? What kind of outfit is this? So I went back the next week. I told her I had checked. I had went to the place. There was nothing there. She said, well, did you call back? Nope. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't there. Is there only, there's only one, right? Uh so I went back the next week at the same place and looked again just to make sure I was right. And I was. It wasn't there yet. But I did uh, call back, and I found one in a, um, a library. For, like, it was the following day, and I went to it. It was on like a Friday or something. And there were six people there, and the lady that was leading, I think she had four days of abstinence. And the rest of them were just new. And I sat there and listened, and I thought, this is crazy. And after it was over, she came up and gave me a hug and told me that this was crazy, that this was what was happening. She was just there. She had been in program for a while, but she didn't have any abstinence, and she was just leading the meeting. And if I really wanted a good meeting, I should go to the Downey Monday night meeting at the hospital. So I said, what the hell? I won't hurt. So I went to the Monday night meeting, 
and I walked into this meeting. And I don't know if any of you remember that meeting. Anybody remember it? Meeting was in the basement of the Downey Community Hospital. The whole damn basement. I walked into that room. There was 250 people there. Scared the pee out of me. I hadn't been with that many people in one room in my life. So I went over, like any of us would do, I went over to the wall, got my back to the wall, and I sat down, and I looked around, and I wouldn't judge anybody, but I knew the lady that was standing there watching me was crazy. <laughs> there was no doubt. And there was a couple of them there. I was pretty damn sure there was papers somewhere on there, uh, somewhere on them. And I saw one guy that I wouldn't turn my back on. And uh, far be it for me to judge. And, uh, but, you know, I am going to protect myself. And uh, I heard this voice. And somebody said, welcome home. And I turned around and looked. I couldn't find him. It was me. And I, I'd never heard that voice before. And I knew it was me. And that was scary. But it scared me enough, I kept coming. And I got a sponsor. And for two years that I was there, I lost the weight. Actually, I got, I got thin enough. My doctor got really scared. Uh, but we didn't work the steps. We didn't do any step work. He took me around to some meetings, had me speak once. I could not tell you to this day what I said, and they never asked me back. So. Uh, it was probably good. Anyway, I left, and like I said, I came back 14 years later. Uh, wow. Just drew a blank. Drawing a lot of blanks lately. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about them. I don't know. Anyway, I came back 14 years later. Um, I got a sponsor. Uh, actually, I, uh, I came back to the, uh, the Downey meeting 14 years later. I walked in. There was 20 people there. And to this day, I think there's about eight. But these things happen. Uh, I was there about three times, and I asked a lady to sponsor me. And she said uh, she normally didn't sponsor men, but she would sponsor me until I found a sponsor. And I thank her to this day for that. Um, I, I later switched to a man. Uh, I have no problem sponsoring women today and men. Um, yeah, I mean, we all need recovery. And... Uh, God, 1977, I was uh, working for a place in Long Beach, and I had decided that the problem was you, it wasn't me. And as long as I didn't let you touch me, I was fine. So I spent about the next year or two not letting another human being touch me, only in shaking hands. And I was working there one day, and this uh, Oriental gentleman walked up behind me and put his arm around me and asked me a question. And I liked it. And I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on because I was pretty sure I wasn't gay. But it really felt good. And it took me about four days to figure out what the hell was going on. And I remembered nobody had touched me in over a year. 
And that's how I insulate myself. I don't let anybody in. I don't let you get near enough to me to touch me. Uh, when I was being raised, uh, one of the things uh, was I figured out early that I had to have all the answers. I don't know why, but I had to have all the answers. If I had any answers, you would only speak to me a little bit till you got the answer, and then you would leave me alone. And I still have a problem with that today. I want to have the answer. I want to insulate myself from you. And that's why I come to these meetings. That's why I speak at these meetings. That's why I sponsor. Because I have to force myself. If I don't, I'll go right back to what I had. And I don't want that. I want this. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. And that's the story of Victor. And what happened was I came into these rooms, back into these rooms, and uh, I, practiced these I practiced this program to the best of my ability. Uh, I also uh, was told to go to Alcoholics Anonymous to get, the, to get the program. I went to a meeting about four times down in Long Beach, and each time I went, I spoke to the same guy, and we talked. And he said, have you ever taken the test for Alcoholics Anonymous? I said, there's a test? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, we got this questionnaire. I said, all right, I'll, yeah, I'll take a test. i got no problem with that. Now, you would think a liar, cheat, and a thief would lie. I took this test, and it's the same goddamn six questions wrong six different times. Yeah, I'm a slow learner. And that's when I found out 16 years ago that I was an alcoholic. I just joined Al-Anon about four months ago. I'm a sick puppy. <laughs> yeah. And it is remarkable to me. Every program I go to, I'm welcome with open arms like they've known me all my life. So if you've got some problems, you think you may, may have another problem, go, go check it out. Um, I had a girlfriend for about seven months. Uh, um, we broke up about four times, and I went and got her back. She broke up with me. The last time I, I broke up with her. But I was listening to uh, some music on a CD in the car, and all of a sudden I felt myself getting really depressed. And I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. It was like I could just feel the life being drained out of me. And I thought, what the hell's going on? And I sat there and thought about it. And I realized this CD I was listening to was one I had burned for her and I. We used to sing together. And I have no idea why the hell she wanted me to sing with her, because she had a trained voice, and she was just absolutely gorgeous voice. And me, I sound like broken grass and, and rock. And um, anyway, my immediate thought was, you know, what a damn waste of seven months. And this little voice in my head said, what did you get out of it? And I don't know why I answered. And I thought, well, I got this. And, oh, I got that. And I got this and this and this. And pretty soon I had this great big list of stuff I got out of this relationship. And I thought, wow. Uh, and I lost my train of thought. Again, anyway, I got all this out of this relationship, and I was questions that, uh, the hell was the question? Okay. 
relationship. God, things are just leaving me today. Wow. I've shared this before. I'm sorry? Why did I get depressed? What was it I did? Love. Love. Yeah. What did I get out of it? It woke up things in me that I had put to sleep 40 years ago. It woke up things in me I had put to sleep 40 years ago. And I do not believe God let those things wake up for me to put them back to sleep. I'm supposed to deal with them. And there's a lot of them I don't want to deal with. But I found out that I could be loved, that I could love someone, and that I could love me. That I could love me. And that's the hardest thing in the world for me to do. And I think my time's up. Is it? This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are mine, and those are not not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Yes, I've been working them. Uh, Another thing I did was I... uh, I took about a five-year hiatus in there without a sponsor, so I sponsored myself. And uh, it took me about five years. I'm kind of slow. It took me about five years to figure out that either the sponsor or the sponsee was crazy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm working. Uh, I try and pray over it. I try to call my sponsor. Uh, I try to talk to people about it. Uh, he's still watching me back there. Uh, yeah, I try to I try to deal with it through program. I remember when I first came into this program, everybody told me you you get to deal with your feelings. And I shared this at Serenity Sunday when I had like three months, four months back. That not one of you bastards told me all those sons of bitches were coming at me at one time. <laughs> I was ready to deal with a feeling. Not a very bright guy, I guess. Did not realize they were all coming. What is my relationship with God or higher power right now? Uh, I've been talking to him all morning in between. Uh, It's very good. It's a relationship I've never had before. Uh, I pray every morning. Uh, Sometimes I get on my knees. Normally I just roll over onto my stomach in the bed and pray. Uh, Sometimes my prayers... uh, take 20 minutes, sometimes they take six hours, because I fall asleep and wake up. (laughs) But I find it very strange. I have actually fallen asleep praying, and I will wake up, and I will continue right where I left off. And I look at the clock, and it's two hours later, and I think, wow, I don't know what the hell is going on, but it works. It's, It's totally different now. I have a God of my understanding. I think that's what it is. Because if you've got a problem, I suggest you get one. And the easiest way I can tell you to do it is take a piece of paper, turn it sideways, draw a line down the middle, and write God on the upper right and God on the upper left. 
and write it in pencil because, for God's sakes, don't write anything in stone in this program. Somebody will pick it up and hit you with it. Uh, pencil's got an eraser on it. Learn to use it. And write down what you want in God. On the right side of mine is love, strength, tolerance, and forgiveness. I am loved unconditionally. It doesn't matter what the hell I do. God will not love me less. It doesn't matter what I do. God will not love me less. God loves me unconditionally. God is the strength. Tolerance. I have to have tolerance because I screw up a lot. And forgiveness. That's the secret to me. I have to forgive. And I just found out within the last year that I can forgive me. And that's the secret to me. On the left-hand side, I suggest you write the God you got right now, just, just to see what you've got. And when you get done, hire the one on the right, fire the one on the left. Doesn't work. You got that eraser. The tools I use. Uh, I call my sponsor daily, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, I send my food in that I've eaten. I keep a list of it. I weigh and measure. Um, I pray every day at least once, normally twice. And some days when I'm driving on the freeway, a whole lot. Uh, yeah, as some, uh, through working this program, uh, I seem to get insights. Uh, it's uh, like questions that pop into my head. And sometimes it's just... Uh, it's. It's just the process that all of a sudden I'll realize I've done something. Uh, when I was dating, uh, first started uh, dating this lady, uh, she was in a uh, rehab. She has MS. And I just went to see her. She asked me to come over and see her. It was right after Thanksgiving. And I got over there about noon, and she wanted to go outside. And I put her in a wheelchair, rolled her outside, and we sat on a park bench. And for the next five hours, I held her in my arms, and she told me everything about her. I'd never had anybody do that to me. I took her back into the place because I had to go to a meeting that night. And as I went to re get, take her out of the wheelchair, look, look in her eye, said, kiss me. And I kissed her. And it was a small kiss, but it, was a, it was, wasn't a kiss I'd give my sister. Uh, and when I broke the kiss, something happened. And it felt like someone had reached in my chest and ripped something out. And it took me a couple of days to realize there was no pain. And something had not been ripped out. Something had been healed. And that's how the process works with me. It just, it just comes to me. Uh, you know, there's no blinding white flash or... No man in white, or just just kind of comes to me. I've had two sponsors die on me. This program will kill you. Right. Actually, I meant to say this disease will kill you. This program will help you. Uh, this disease will kill you. Uh, my current sponsor, I walked into Serenity Sunday. My sponsor at the time was Murray. And a friend of mine said, did you hear about Murray? And I said, no, what do you do now? He said, he died. I said, he, he died? And I knew this guy, and I knew he, he didn't joke around. And I stood there in shock, and I thought, hell, what? I didn't give him permission to die. 
That's my sponsor. He's supposed to be there. And I walked into the meeting, and Tony was sitting in the back, and it was early, and I walked back there and I asked him, are you full? And he said, are you asking me to be your sponsor? And I said, yes. And he said, call me. Here's my phone number. I think that was the way it went. Okay. And that's how I get, if that's what you're asking, that's how I got my current sponsor. Yeah. I suggest if you don't have one, get one. How do I not pick up? I don't know. I just don't. I think it has something to do with the big book where it says we're cured. Contingent, contingent upon our relationship with our higher power. I heard someone say that the other day in another meeting. And that used to really bug me when people would talk about they're cured. And he explained it, and it made a lot of sense to me. That uh, my God stands between me and the food, and I get what I need, and I get to write it down and send it to my sponsor. Uh, and I weigh and measure. Uh, I've got... Uh, I've got a cup at the house. I can look at it, and I can, it's a measuring cup, and I can just look at it, and I know when it's a cup and a half or a cup. I mean, I've used it for so damn long, but I weigh and measure, and that keeps me, uh, like I like to say, clean and sober with my food. And um, I talk to my sponsor, try to talk to my sponsor on a daily, uh, either on the phone or I see him Saturday and Sunday at meetings, and I try and speak to him. I try and practice this program to the best of my ability. Sometimes I'm pretty good at it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I have too much to eat. If I'm out at a restaurant, there's a possibility I'm going to eat a little too much. But it's getting to the point where I, I know when I'm full, which is really remarkable to me. Because the only time I ever knew when I do I sponsor people, yes, I do. And how does it help? Tremendously. Uh, well, I get to listen to them, uh, the problems they're having, and it gets me out of me. Now, I don't have a if I. It's remarkable to me. I can get really depressed or uh, really get into me really quick, and something will happen. Someone will call me, or I'm on the computer, and something. I'll read something that's a news flash or something, and all of a sudden I'm out of me. Or I, I'm just sitting there and feeling really depressed and realize I've got to make an outreach call. Or 90% of the time I'll be sitting here getting depressed and some idiot will call me. Yeah, just like that. No, someone will make an outreach call to me. And I've had that happen numerous times. And I'm just sitting there and feeling yuck. And somebody calls me. And... I get to listen to their problem, and it works. It gets me out of me. And sometimes it's just somebody trying to clean my carpet, but it gets me out of me. And that's what I have to do is I have to get out of me, because if I don't, I'm in trouble. Yeah, my abstinence today, there are some foods I can't have. Uh, one of them is mixed salted nuts, because the bastards didn't make enough of them. <laughs> Uh, I can't have a, uh, something happen with them a while back that really shocked me. Uh, I live with an older couple. Well, I did. It's only her now. 
And I had uh, went to Costco and bought this big thing of mixed salted nuts for him and her. And they'd sat there at the house for a while. And she opened them up and said, uh, are these stale? And I said, I don't know. And I reached in to cashew, put it in my mouth, and chewed it up. And I reached out and took a Brazil nut and threw it in my mouth, and I chewed it up. And then I realized what I'd just done. I had them in my mouth. I had chewed them up. I hadn't swallowed them. So I walked over to the sink, spit them out, rinsed my mouth out about three times, and turned around to her, and I said, no, they taste perfectly all right. (laughs) But I can't have mixed salted nuts. Uh, I stay away from flour and sugar because I don't like what it does to me. It's up here. If I get a little bit of it through the day, if I'm eating somewhere and I get a little bit, I don't worry about it. Uh, you know, it's uh, like a friend of mine told me one time that uh, I, he can have ketchup on his french fries. And he said, the day I walk into a restaurant and order a bottle of ketchup and a straw and calling my sponsor. <laughs> makes sense. But, yeah, there are, I've, I've sat down and started to eat something and realized that uh, it's got a little too much sugar in it or something, which is really remarkable because I can smell sugar now. I didn't know sugar had a smell. Yeah. That 10,000-pound phone is one that really gets me sometimes. And I find when it starts weighing a lot, that's when I need to pick it up before it gets too much weight on it. But there's a reason it's starting to weigh. As uh, far as people, uh, I used to be really shy, and I'm not anymore, I don't think. Oh, I'm a little shy, but uh, I'll, I'll walk up and speak to just about anybody. Because yeah. if they don't want to talk to me, all they got to do is walk away. How do I practice service in my program? Uh, when somebody asks, I try and do it. Somebody called me and asked me if I would do security at, I think, Region 2. I didn't hesitate. I said yes. It's, you know, I do, if, they, if I'm asked, I do it. You know, I show up early at meetings and I leave late at meetings. And if I get there and it's a new meeting and there's nobody there, I wait till somebody gets there and I ask them what I can do. Because that's the way I I was taught. Get there early and leave late. There's nobody there. Ask them what the hell you can do when they get there. And if you're there first, you're doing good. Does that answer your question? My name is Victor. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you.